All right, last Sunday, uh, of course, Labor Day, and I know holiday, we still had a good group of people here, but some of you might, might have been gone. I introduced last Sunday a, a new series called Life After Death. Uh, the key verse that explains what we're thinking about in that is out of Romans chapter 6, verse 11, that says, Count yourselves dead, uh, dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. So we're not talking about physical death, but we're talking about the death through Christ that we experience and the life that we now live because He lives. The life of, of a believer is simply what we're talking about. And, and, and part of, of life, my, my focus today, as you can tell by the title, is the Holy Spirit. I don't have enough time to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I'm finding that out. I, I was really wrestling all week with what passage to go through. I, I could spend, a matter of fact, I just spent 30, uh, you know, the, the, the Lamplighters class talking about it. They, they'll probably hear everything that I just talked about in sermon-wise again. But uh, there are so many passages that deal with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, just, just to let you know, is, is a topic that is abused, we might be familiar with that, abused by those who claim to be miracle workers and are filling their pocketbooks with lots of money uh, because of that. Uh, there, there's definitely abuse, and maybe, maybe amongst some of those who just have to feel the Spirit and, and in some cases might be forcing that Spirit. That might be one extreme. But, but absolute on the opposite side, uh, there's another extreme of ignoring the Holy Spirit. And if we're people of the Word, you cannot ignore the Holy Spirit. He's in there. He's a part of the Scripture. Now when it comes down, we, we know the Holy Spirit to be the three in one. Uh, it is the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus we have down, right? Jesus is probably easiest for us to understand and to relate to. And that was all the intent. You know, he became just like us just, and just like we are in this human flesh, born uh, uh, to experience life. We could read about him in the Gospels. All four Gospels just lays out his life. We know what he says. We know his challenges. We know, we know his work. We know his death upon the cross and his resurrection. So uh, for us, it seems as though the whole that the, out of the three, probably Jesus is the one that we could grasp and understand the greatest. So we do talk about Jesus a whole lot because he is the center of our salvation, our, our our acceptance. That's what our topic was last week. Now the Father and the Spirit, uh, maybe not so easy to grasp as Jesus is. Uh, both both not in our human form or anything. Matter of fact, when I pray to to God overall. One of my descriptions is, how can we compare anything to you? You are, you are one and only God. And, and so there's that sense of his, his greatness. Uh, how awesome is our God? Uh, but, but at least Jesus refers to him as Father. And we refer to him as Father. Therefore, we have some kind of idea of God the Father. Jesus prayed to his Father. He encouraged his disciples, when you pray, go before him and say, our Father who art in heaven, he directs us to, to pray to him as Father. But the Holy Spirit 
Yeah, spirit in itself is hard for us to grasp and, 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 and to, to understand. And, and to understand completely. We're going to turn to the scriptures. And, and, and from the scriptures, I, I encourage this because there's a lot of things happening concerning the spirit that kind of stray from or definitely stray from from scripture so we're going to rely upon the scriptures this morning to learn about the Holy Spirit now the Holy Spirit was definitely involved in Jesus coming uh, the angel appeared to Mary and and it was through the Holy uh, and, and the angel said it's going to be the, the, that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you and the power of God's going to be upon you and you're going to have uh, you're going to be you become pregnant with a child a boy and you're going to call him Jesus. Also involved uh, after his baptism, that the Spirit uh, descended like a dove with, with the voice of God the Father saying, This is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. And he came and he, he, he uh, indwelt Jesus in his ministry. So, so we see that, that the activity of the Holy Spirit was in Jesus. Um, Jesus at the, the Last Supper, you want to read a lot about the Holy Spirit and the things Jesus said about him. Read in the content of chapter 14, chapter, chapter 16 especially, uh, what Jesus said specifically about the Holy Spirit. Why was that such an important topic? Last Supper. Jesus is about to leave. In the passage I'm about to read for you, Jesus is basically saying, hey, with the understanding he's going to leave, someone is coming in my place. Here's what he says. John chapter 14, beginning of verse 15, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. There's one other verse I, I want to include. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus, very clearly, when he's going to die, he's going to uh, be raised to life, and, and they're going to see him, but he's not staying. And when he leaves... There's another, another counselor, because that's one of the traits of Jesus. He is a counselor. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But there's another that's going to come and be with, uh, with them. I, I want to let you know, I, I put this down as kind of our, our topic. This is really an introductory, uh, introductory review of, of a lot of the scriptures concerning the Holy Spirit. I, I don't have enough time to review everything that's said about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, Eric, in, in a couple of weeks, is going to preach uh, another part of this Holy Spirit. We could talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Well, we could definitely do that. But this morning, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit has and continues to work through history. He's a, he's a part of that trinity. He's not been silent. He's not been off in the distance and then shows up in Acts chapter 2. He's been very much involved in history. Matter of fact, the important part of the message this morning is, is today he works in those who believe in Jesus. Those who are walking in faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is right there. I want to go to the Acts chapter 2. That seems to be a, a defining moment in Scripture 
concerning the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and let's begin here. The Holy Spirit was actually active well before what took place in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit finally showed up. He came down with power over the apostles, with tongues of fire on their heads. They spoke in tongues. And what was important, above, uh, beyond all the, the, the spectacle or the miracles it was seen, was the pronouncement or the, the introduction of the gospel message on that day. That was the focus. Not, not upon the fact. The, the, the powerful things that happened caught attention. And their attention was drawn drawn to that gospel message now that was like I said there was a defining moment we'll talk about that for a little bit but for us who are New Testament people and that that is important too I want you to know the Holy Spirit has been involved for so long matter of fact uh, uh, before Acts chapter 2 let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 he's first mentioned there as being part and active in creation uh, verse 2 says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was present there and active within creation. There are also other areas where you could read to where the Holy Spirit uh, was, was uh, over someone or, or uh, indwelt individuals. Matter of fact, I shared this morning that if you, if you could name one of those leaders in, throughout the Old Testament... Uh, there's, there's a good chance that somewhere it says that the Holy Spirit was upon them. Let's, let's think about all the judges. Or, or even thinking about Moses uh, was, was led by God's Spirit. Uh, the, uh, the judges often, Gideon, uh, Deborah, uh, Samson, even Samson, the, the womanizer, uh, was, was gifted through the Holy Spirit. Uh, think about other prophets like Samuel was given the Holy Spirit. Name, name the, the prophets, you know, Ezekiel or, or, or Isaiah or even the minor prophets like Daniel and Hosea. Uh, each were given the Holy Spirit and related and, and wrote words down concerning the Holy Spirit that was given to them. Not everybody was given the Holy Spirit. Leadership predominantly was given, uh, was given the Holy Spirit to lead and guide the people. They were to listen to leadership, right? Kings were given uh, the Holy Spirit. Saul was given the Holy Spirit, and later on when he was disobedient, the Holy Spirit was taken away. David was, was anointed and given the Holy Spirit. Uh, later on in his sinfulness, he prayed in, in Psalm chapter 51, Oh, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He was aware of God's presence working in him. That's the Old Testament. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, God's leading is evident in, in the work of the Holy Spirit. I, I think that's significant because I think the same thing is happening today. His leading, His guiding through the Holy Spirit is working. That's why that's important. Another thing that's so important for us to look at when it comes to the Old Testament is what, Jesus, what, what the Scriptures is saying about the, uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy, the prophecy of His coming. You see, Jesus we're familiar with. Oh, there's prophecies of Jesus coming. His birth, the Holy Spirit's coming. Uh, even, even His death was, was prophesied. But the Holy Spirit's coming was also announced to the people of God. One, one example, I can't share with you all the examples, but Ezekiel is one. 
Uh, Ezekiel was that prophet that was taken into captivity along with uh, many of those of Judah. And they were there in Babylon. And, and he received his message while he was in captivity. They were in captivity. This is important. They were in captivity because of their rebellion. Because of their stubbornness. They continued to, uh, to, to rebel or, or to sin against God. And they, then because of that, they were sent into captivity. Now, Ezekiel received this message. 20, uh, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 29 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What, what comes out of disobedience? What comes out of rebellion except a heart that's not listening, a stubborn heart, that, that heart of stone? And all that's going to change. He says, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. Man, that's always God's pursuit. You will be my people. I will be your God. And, 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 and listen, this is the pursuit I'm going to change you from, from hearts that are stone and, and, and lives that are wayward, and, and, and it's all going to be changed. Your hearts are going to be softened, and I'm going to put a new spirit in you. Acts chapter 2, <laughs> the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it all happens through Jesus. Let me, let me the, the second point I want to share with you this morning really is following a timeline of what happens throughout all of Scripture. Uh, pivotal to me is always Acts chapter 2, as I said. The introduction or, or the bringing on the Spirit after Jesus uh, uh, ascending into heaven, after he leaves. The Holy Spirit's coming that takes place in Acts chapter 2 is where we are today with the Holy Spirit. Today the Holy Spirit works within every believer. The Holy Spirit works within every believer. That's today. That's you and I. Now the difference between Old Testament and the New is, is in the Old Testament we see selection of the Holy Spirit uh, coming uh, upon leadership to lead that nation of Israel. To draw the, there was even a case where Balaam, who was not a prophet of God, who spoke on behalf of God through the Spirit uh, to bless Israel instead of cursing Israel. And then, you know, so it came upon him in a momentary case. But all the way through, here was the point, that the Holy Spirit was there instrumental in leading and directing God's will. That was the purpose of the Holy Spirit all throughout the Old Testament. Guess what? It doesn't change in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is there to lead and guide, to bring about, to, to accomplish God's will. And it's in you and I. It happens through Jesus. We, we looked at that in Ezekiel. Boy, a new heart, new, new spirit within us. It actually happens through Jesus that that is even made possible. That gospel message we talked about last week, sinfulness, corruption, we deserve God's judgment. Jesus came and in his death, he provided a salvation in his, in his death. A, a, a sinless life died on our behalf for a bunch of sinners like you and I, right? Gospel message. And today, 
we're dead to sin. If we're in Christ, we're dead to sin, and we're living, living a life in Jesus, and that's in the Spirit. Uh, it, it, it's unique, but in John chapter 3 and chapter 4, Jesus had early on introduced all this idea of regeneration, this this uh, changing our hearts and, and putting a new spirit in us. He introduced it to Nicodemus, that religious leader who came late at night, uh, didn't want to be seen by everybody else, came to Nicodemus. And what was the message he shared with Nicodemus except, hey, listen, unless you're born again, you, you cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. Wow, that blew Nicodemus away. Matter of fact, it's interesting that Jesus said, hey, you should have known this. It, it was all written. You know, Ezekiel talked about that new spirit, that new heart. If, if you go and pay attention to, to the prophecies and, and, and to the things that God has always been trying to do in us, then you would understand what it means, this rebirth, new heart, new spirit. He goes on to say, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. And in John chapter 4, he meets up with a Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. What, what did he speak to her? You know, while drawing water, he said, man, if you had asked me, I would have given you living water. He's introducing a new idea there as well. So, you know, what, how did he describe that living water? But this, the water I give you will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And he goes on to tell her, he said, a worship is coming that is going to be represented in spirit and in truth. All identifying what Jesus is going to make possible. Understand this, it is only through Jesus that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not our salvation. Jesus is our salvation. Don't want to get away from that gospel message. It is through Jesus' death that you and I are cleansed through the blood of Jesus. Preparing a place for what? The Holy Spirit to indwell us. You see, the, and it's called a gift. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm amazed at this, but, but there's a passage, I think it's Luke eleven thirteen. 13, uh, that that, that uh, Jesus said, oh man, if you only knew, uh, a, a father who could give good gifts, how much if you only knew, if you would pray that, that God is willing to give you his spirit. I, I, I don't know. This week, can I be honest with you, reading through all these passages, I, I, I think I've been lacking in just appreciating the fact that God, through Jesus, has given his spirit to us. He has given His Spirit to us to indwell us. Why? Well, I, I, let's be clear on that. Let's go back to, to 14, verse uh, 6. Uh, 16, verse 7, where it says, Oh, man, forgive me. I, I jumped around a little bit. Uh, in, in John chapter 14, where I just read, what did He say? He's going to ask the Father. And, and He will give you another. And the, the, this passage says, Counselor. Now, if you have your scriptures open, you might see a different term. If you have something besides the NIV, you might have the new NIV that says advocate. Or, or you might have a passage that says helper or comforter. How, how, you know, but it's all the same word in the Greek, and now we're translating all these English words. Well, what does it mean? Listen to them again. That this Holy Spirit is coming to indwell you who is a helper, who is a counselor, who is an advocate. Sounds like someone who is what? Standing beside me. 
Matter of fact, that's, that's the true translation of that word means someone who is standing beside me, someone who is representing me, who is helping me, assisting me, counseling me, advocating for me, helping me. There, there it is. That is who the Holy Spirit is. We uh, are, are counted dead to sin, but alive to Christ, uh, alive to God through Jesus Christ. How do we do that? With the assistance of the Holy Spirit. The gift that we have. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't, don't miss that. It, it, is, it comes through that written, the, the change of heart and the new spirit within us. Now, everyone who is alive in Jesus has the indwelling of that Holy Spirit. He is working in our lives. Um, I, I want to just share with you a few passages. Like I said, oh man, the scripture's full of what he does. In, in, in one place, John 16, verses 8 through 11, uh, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to come and convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to do the work of convicting our hearts of our sinfulness. He's going to, and, and compared to what is true and right righteousness and to the judgment that we face. He's going to bring us to the truth. Matter of fact, that's one way that the Spirit is described. He is called the Spirit of truth. Listen. If you know the truth today, it has been made evident through the Holy Spirit. He's already been working on you. If you're convicted of your sinfulness, you need to know that is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not the work of Ronnie Roberts. Oh, I can manipulate and do a lot of stupid things. Manipulation is a stupidity. All I want to do is present to you the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, that's what you do in evangelism. Your responsibility is, hey, just talk about Jesus. Tell, tell people about that story of Jesus, why he came and why he did. It is not your responsibility to de debate people and tell them wrong when they reject Jesus. That's not your job. Guess whose job it is? The Holy Spirit. He is the one working upon hearts. So part of our prayer life is what? Oh God, may the Spirit May your spirit be working upon their heart and their life. When you're praying for your loved one who has not made that decision, when you're praying for their salvation, you're praying for the activity of the Holy Spirit upon their heart, that they come to the realization that Jesus is the Christ and that they are sinful and that they're headed to judgment without a Savior. Jesus is going to bring them into that salvation. It's all about what he is doing. We're just the mouthpiece. So, so go out and, and, and declare the message. Uh, another thing about the Holy Spirit is he is a guarantee laid out. Paul lays him out in several places. One place is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 14. Listen to this. He said, you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. You came to that realization. The gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. You are marked in him with a seal. Uh, that, that whole idea that what, what Paul is laying out is actually like being branded. You're marked. You, you have the, the mark of, of God upon you, and that is the Holy Spirit. That, 
that Holy Spirit within you identifies you as God's child. I, I am a child of God, and that Holy Spirit within me proves it. He is a guarantee for what is yet to come to me, that inheritance that he has promised. How many of you want the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Sometimes you say that in a Pentecostal church, woo! In a Christian church where we're saying, oh, let's see, I don't want to get too crazy. Holy Spirit, <laughs> But we say, man, when you put it in those terms, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have salvation. You don't have salvation. If that Spirit is not living and working and identifies you as belonging to Him, you don't have Him. So, but through Jesus, through the acceptance of Jesus, through that cleansing blood of Jesus, you've prepared, God has prepared in you a place for His Spirit to dwell and to lead and to work. I, I, I find this, and I had to, to, to also look at this. Prayer is, is a part of what the Holy Spirit does. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Uh, here's, here's what Paul says. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, that advocate, that helper, that counselor, right? We do not know what we ought to pray for. How many of you think you got all the bases covered in your prayer life? Oh, I know exactly what I need. I'm praying for it all. Got it all covered. Well, this says, in those areas of your weakness. Well, you know, we don't like to look in those areas of weakness, do we? No, I don't want to see my weakness, no. But the Holy Spirit, what it says here, in those areas of weakness, uh, the, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Oh, God's will working in us. How important is the Spirit directing us? We need to do some growing. Oh, and how important is the Holy Spirit and in, in what changing is going on in here? He needs to be active. I, I think we need to be aware of it. I'm praying for the Holy Spirit's guidance. I'm praying to be uh, led by Him. That I am, as I'm praying throughout the day, that I will be attentive to His voice. That I will, uh, through the Holy Spirit, be understanding of His Word. And, and, and taking it to heart and living it with boldness. Now, as I said earlier... Uh, I, I was going to go into enabling us to live for him. And that's another topic that Eric Von Spreckelson is going to be taking care of. I'm really looking for Eric's, Eric's but you're not going to be taking What's that? What? He's going he's to be sharing with us, walk, walking in the spirit. So, hey, do this for me. Please be praying up, Eric. Uh, and, and just in preparation for, for this. One thing, I, and I will tell you honestly, you know, I've been preaching for quite a while. If I'm not being stretched in the week prior to preaching, then, then I don't know whether I have really good things for you to, uh, to, to be hearing. If I'm not being challenged by God's word, I don't know whether I have anything. This has been challenging to me. It reminds me of that spirit. And sometimes I'm afraid I have ignored his voice. I don't want to be a people that ignores the Spirit, that precious gift that God has given to me. I don't want to be ignoring Him for what He has in store for me. I don't want to be ignoring Him because I believe that's, that's what that light is working in me. I am the light of the world. 
uh, the salt of the earth uh, because of what Jesus has done for me and also because of his spirit that is indwelling me. I'm being a representative in this world. A couple of other things that I think is really important that, that came to mind just this morning. Uh, the fact is that he is a supreme gift. And, and living and pursuing God, uh, pursuing uh, God, the Holy Spirit gives us that assistance. It is through the Holy Spirit he enables us to be pleasing before him. It is through the Holy Spirit that we could, be, we could live lives that will be pleasing before him. But we have to be attentive to the Spirit. Because another warning that comes along in Ephesians chapter 4 is that we have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit. Probably happens when we ignore. In the context that it's laid out, it has everything to do with our relationship, how we treat each other. Are we loving one another? If we're embittered towards each other, that is a grieving uh, upon the Holy Spirit. That's just one way. I think there's other ways. When we ignore him, when we uh, uh, go another direction, I believe it has everything to do with grieving the Holy Spirit. But when we're listening and attentive, we have the ability to be pleasing before God. That's the people we want to be before God. The God who sent such a precious Savior as Jesus to be attentive and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to transform us so that we become his people, his light, his salt in this world. I want to close with this, uh, this poem. It just really caught my attention, speaking towards the Holy Spirit. Maltby Babcock is the one who wrote this. He said, No distant Lord have I, loving afar to be. Made flesh for me, he cannot rest until he rests in me ascended now to God my witness there to be his witness here am I because his spirit dwells in me his witness here am I because his spirit dwells in me let's pray father in heaven we praise you and we thank you lord we thank you for the the, the gospel message that is laid out we praise you always for jesus Lord, may he always be on our mind. Matter of fact, we know that your spirit continues to work that uh, crucifixion and, and that uh, uh, resurrection in our life constantly. That, that reminder is working within us, that, that spirit. And it identifies clearly that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, uh, who, who, who loves us and cares for us and has, has come into the world. Lord, we pray that you be our strength through this week. Help us, Lord, to listen to the Spirit, to pursue the Spirit and His leading, His guidance through your Word and in our everyday. God, we thank you and praise you for your Word always to identify with us who we are as your people, as your children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.